Well, hello, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to Chapel Chimes Podcast. This is a podcast devoted to chiming in on what's going on in our culture, inside the church, and outside the church. Please like, subscribe, and share, and we'd love to hear from you. Now, without further ado, Chapel Chimes. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to Chapel Chimes. This is Pastor Dallas Payton, Jr. I'm the pastor here at Cook's Chapel Baptist Church in Pipeston, West Virginia. We want to pray today as we begin, but we want to thank you for choosing to listen to a podcast, choosing to listen to Chapel Chimes. It is a podcast that is devoted to looking at things, chiming in on things in our culture, some things in the church, outside the church, and we thank you for Uh, choosing to listen today. We hope that you'll like, that you'll share, that you'll reach out to us. We're found on uh, most platforms now, and you can reach out to me personally as well. Uh, I'm going to have some guests coming up, but it's it's a busy time of year to get folks coming on, and uh, so it's been a little bit tough. But what I want to talk to you today about is something that uh, I'm going to chime in on a post that I saw on uh, kind of randomly on Facebook, uh, and then I just want to kind of expound on that from uh, some things that I've learned in my past. And I hope it'll be a help to you. But I want to talk to you today about church. I want to talk to you today about, in particular, are you out of church? Or are you thinking of getting out of church? Um, and um, I, want, I hope it'll be a help to you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray you be with us now. Thank you for folks listening. I pray you bless and help and work and move. And we'll give you the praise, Lord, now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I just uh, I wouldn't necessarily again we, we started this podcast to address things that I wouldn't necessarily address behind the pulpit, so to speak. I wouldn't preach a sermon on this. Uh, is is kind of the thinking um, on certain subjects and certain topics. But today's is going to be mixed. Uh, the last time we were together, we or last time we made a podcast, I should say, we we talked about the doctrine of the Trinity, and today I want to talk about the local church. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, I got a phone call about the Trinity. Well, here I saw a Facebook post, a Facebook um, feed, actually. I I made the mistake of looking at the comments. I I keep doing that, much to my chagrin, as they they say. But um, I I looked, uh, I saw a Facebook post, and it was basically by somebody well-known, famous. I've seen the name. It's a lady. And it was basically how the church had hurt her and the, you know, what church was about. And uh, I think the overall, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't take time to read the whole thing. It's pretty long. Uh, but basically it was about, hey, church is not, not all that bad, but, you know, I understand if you're hurt and all this. And it was just a really, I think it was overall positive about the church. But then I looked at the comments and somebody local uh, in our area had commented, so it came up kind of on my Facebook feed, if you know how social media works. And I was I was very – now, let me say this. Let, let, me, let me begin by saying this. I am pro-church. <laughs> I am the pastor of a local New Testament Bible-believing Baptist church. Um, so I am, I am pro-church. I make no bones about that. I'll just say that up front. Um, I don't claim that the church or the local church is perfect, but I am pro-church. But reading the comments um, was, as a pastor of a church, it was very enlightening and very disheartening. Um, 
And I won't go into the depths of it because that's just a lot of it's just people's personal opinions, and a lot of people had different, you know, circumstances and different um, experiences in the local church. Um, and uh, it was disheartening to see how many so so called Christians. Uh, and again, I, I'm not judging them. That's that's between them and the Lord. But um, say that they know the Lord and that they're walking with Christ, and that they have a relationship with the Lord, but they have divorced that, if I can use that term, from being part of a local visible assembly. Now, that is disheartening. And some of the details and some of the reasons and some of those, are just it is just unbelievable. It's disheartening. Uh, some of it was kind of frustrating. Uh, some of it was kind of eye-opening because as I read some of those, and I, I, don't, I don't want to bring any light to some of it because it's per- people's personal things. I, I don't want to bring anybody's name out or hurt anybody. But uh, I, I just want to address that today. And I want to talk to you why there is a local church because I, I really think we have kind of missed a basic question. And I'll begin asking you, are you out of church? Are you yourself out of church as we are making these podcasts? The, we, have just, we are just now uh, getting out of or through or past the worldwide, international pandemic where we've been in lockdown. Uh, Some folks may listen to this in states that are still locked down. Our area has been able to uh, open up. We are getting ready here in just a few weeks, I think, to even uh, do away with with the masks and all kinds of things. And so uh, as the vaccine rolls out, uh, but one of the things that we're noticing as as pastors and as churches is, is that people are not coming back to church. The statistics are alarming. How many people maybe won't come back, and and a part of that I think is because people were already getting out of church. I, I, let me say this: I've made this quote many times, and I, I'm, I'm getting ready to put this on social media. It probably caused some backlash. I don't mean it to. I'm not saying it just to cause backlash. But let me let me say this: I've never in my I've been over I've been pastor here at one place for over two decades now. And I have never met. Now, I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm not saying that they're not on planet Earth somewhere. God knows every heart. I'm not the judge. This is my pastoral opinion. But I've never met an on fire or fervent Christian that loved the Lord and was on fire for God. I'm not saying that I haven't met a Christian, but I'm saying an on fire, fervent Christian that's on fire for God that was not involved in a local church. Now, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I've never met one. Now, let me say other than being providentially hindered. Obviously, there's folks who go to a nursing home or they're in the military or you know they've had a stroke or there's things that have happened in their life health-wise, uh, job-wise. They're in a submarine you know, serving their government. Nobody knows where they're at. They're in the Secret Service. I mean, there's things that, that, that happen that, that can keep a person away, and, and, and there's a million and one of those circumstances, and, and I'm not judging those circumstances, but I, I am going to say this, and it needs to be said, that there's no, there's no one. God did not design for the Christian to be able to live a godly life outside of the church as he purchased with his own blood. Uh, it's kind of convicting, of course. Um, and let me say this. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean because my own testimony is as a Christian who was not in church. Uh, I was away from the Lord as a teenager. Most folks know my testimony. I shared it here on on a on a Chapel Chimes uh, uh, podcast, but you know I'm I'm the son of a 
Methodist pastor and a Pentecostal mother. My parents divorced when I was very young. Uh, I went to, I got saved and got, uh, really, the Lord got a hold of my heart in a free will Baptist church. I started going to a Southern Baptist church as a teenager. Um, I have family and connections in just about every, I grew up beside a Jehovah Witness hall. I mean, um, it. so to say that I know a little bit about it would be an understatement. I've, I've experienced it now in all, in all my years in many different ways, shapes, and forms. I've been hurt in church. I've had things said about me and my family in church. I've had very negative experiences in church, but um, I've had extremely positive experiences in the local church. And I, I just want to talk to you today. If you're listening to my voice and you're out of church, I want to encourage you to come back. I want to encourage you to have a conversation with me. I want to encourage you to think about some things today. If you are, if you have bought into this whole, you know, I'm out of church and I can serve God on the riverbank, you know, they literally, I saw some of those posts today that you know I'm serving I'm serving the Lord when I'm out in my garden you know I'm having a walk with Jesus when I'm out in my garden, and that that sounds super spiritual in a way in a way it doesn't at all but it sounds like oh this person really loves the Lord, but there's a problem and that problem is the Word of God and I, I want to go through with you and and let me just say this I'm going to use this from Doctor Harold Wilmington's Guide to the Bible he's got a real simple list here. That I just want to go through with uh, go through with you today, and maybe you can write these down. Maybe you know someone who, uh, and, and they they need to get back in church. Now, let me also say this before I go forward: I am not saying that people don't have a legitimate point of why they get out of church. Um, I've heard some horrendous things. I have been around some horrendous things. And uh, I've seen that human beings, because churches are full of human beings, human beings make horrendous mistakes, sinful mistakes, mistakes that really are very hurtful. Um, and so I'm not making light of your plight. I'm not making light of what you've went through. You may be listening to my voice today. So every time I go to church, I'm reminded that, uh, but I, I just want to submit to you today to listen to what God's Word has to say about it. And I'm going to give you some, I won't take the time to read every single reference. I'm just going to give you some statements and give you some thoughts about the local church, getting back to church. Now, you may be uncomfortable as far as this pandemic. You say, hey, I just still want to watch online. I, I think that's, the Lord knows your heart about that. I'm not here to judge that at all. It could be that you're getting closer. I had a dear lady tell me that she's reading her Bible more now than she ever has. She's, uh, I've had folks watching online. We have folks around the world that listen on uh, Sermon Audio Again, I'm talking about if you're providentially hindered. But there is something to be said about the local church. I think I've been too easy myself as a pastor on not promoting and pushing. And uh, I won't say prodding. I don't want to be mean or cruel. But the Bible is pretty clear that you and I are not exempt from going to church, not exempt of being part of a visible body. Now, I want to look at uh, some – and Dr. Wilmington writes this, and, and I would encourage you. To look in Wilmington, try to get you a Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. I have I had Doctor Wilmington in college. I, I consider him a tremendous Bible teacher. He's on to be with the Lord now. He has a very uh, simple way of, of looking at things and of, at dealing with things. But uh, I I want you to to uh, think with me uh, today about just a few things. Uh, he talks about the church considered from a positive viewpoint in his book. And I want to give you, he talks about the purpose of the church. I want to give you um, several things 
uh, that are in a well. First, we talked about the negative viewpoints. The purpose of the church is not to save the world. Um, it is the purpose of the church is not to serve the world. The purpose of the church is not to attempt to rule the world. The purpose of the church is not to fight the world. The purpose of the church is not to imitate the world, and the purpose of the church is not to isolate itself from the world. Now, that's a whole series of messages, and we won't get into a lot of that. Uh, people can disagree on those things. But I want to give you what he talks about, uh, its purpose considered from a positive viewpoint. And uh, I, I, want you to, to, I, want, I want you to hear about the mission of the church. Why go to church? Why is that such a big deal? Why are we looking at those things? Well, he writes He writes these things. There's, I think there's about 14 of these, and I'll go through these real quickly, and that'll be our podcast today. Um, it has some great responsibilities and tasks, the, the local church. Now, again, I've not gotten into the definition of the local church and what the local church means and the history of the local church. There's a lot of things about the local church. I'm just making a podcast in reaction when I hear people say, that going to church doesn't matter or it's not that big of a deal, it's a real big deal. Here's some thoughts. First of all, number one purpose of the church, one of the, one of the responsibilities and tasks of the church is to love God. Revelation chapter 2, verse 4 says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast, thou hast left thy first love. One of the things that a local church does, it's, it is there. Churches ought to be God-loving, God-fearing, God-honoring people. And that local church, um, and and when we think of the church, secondly, not is it to love God, but it is to glorify God. Ephesians one, verses five, six, eleven, twelve, fourteen. Ephesians three twenty one. Second Thessalonians. I could go on, but it is to glorify God. How do we glorify God? We glorify God through praise and prayer. Again, that's as a as a called out group uh, through our fruit bearing. Through our giving in Philippians 4 and Hebrews 13, through our preaching and ministry, 1 Peter 4, through our loving, through our acknowledging of God's Son, through our believing of God's Word, through our suffering, and through our witnessing. So it is to love God. It is to, secondly, it's to glorify God. Number three, it is to display God's grace. Now, God has chosen the local church to display grace. His grace. Now, someone may say, well, can I not do some of these things on the riverbank or meditate in my backyard? Some of them you may can. Some of them you may be able to. In fact, I would say this. If you're just worshiping the Lord for that two hours on Sunday or an hour on Sunday morning or whenever it is, you're not really walking with the Lord. Church is just a part of it. But the local called-out group is supposed to do this thing. It, it's Another purpose is, is it is to display God's grace. That's number three. Number four it is to evangelize the world. Now, this is a big one because the Lord chose to use the local church. It's the local church that gathers, the local church that trains. The local the church is the place that you go to, to learn and to grow in, your, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's through and by the local church. Um, in fact, one, one writer writes this, Talking about to evangelize, well, to evangelize the world is Matthew 28, 18, 28 verses 19 and 20. Uh, and and we, could go, we could go on. I could go on and on about all this. So it is to evangelize the world. Number five, it is to baptize believers. Now, baptism and the Lord's Supper are uh, church ordinances. Uh, and it's, it's very important that we, that we understand that, that we, that we know that, 
that they are church ordinances. I just had a conversation with someone, and they were asking me about the Lord's Supper. And I said, look, that is a local church <coughs> excuse me, ordinance. And so we have to, we have to understand it is to baptize believers. That's, what, that's part of the mission of the local church. It is to instruct believers. Now, I would say, <coughs> excuse me, I would say that this is part of probably the biggest task that I do as a pastor is spend time. In fact, one of the reasons we started a podcast, the reason we do radio programs, the reason we record our sermons, it is to uh, instruct believers. And there's several verses about this. We spend uh, Sunday school, we have Wednesday night Bible studies, uh, Sunday night church service, vacation Bible schools, we have Bible study. I mean, you could name it. Churches have done this for centuries. And that is instruct believers. And the Bible tells us to do that. The the epistles, the letters, go into great detail. In fact, Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9, 1 Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 5, 2 Timothy 2, uh, the Apostle Paul is teaching, he's teaching Timothy uh, the Word, and, and, and it's the local church. Number seven, he writes this, it is to edify believers. Um, and this is unique. Now, I will say this. Let me just put a little bit of a, I'll put a little caveat in here, and that is, uh, it, it is heartbreaking that many of our churches have not done a great job of making people ed- or edifying fellow believers. There has been, we have to admit, there has been too much hurting in church. There's, uh, in fact, I, I've got a book in my library. We had it in, in Bible college called The Church Split. And there is too much man-made stuff, too much you know, religion. But that's not to do away with the local church. Um, it, it, is, it is to edify. It is there to believers in Christ are to edify each other. And, and there are several verses, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 and 16, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 Peter 3, Jude, verse 20. That's number seven. Number eight, it is to discipline believers. There are three kinds of New Testament discipline, self-discipline, sovereign discipline, and then church discipline. And those things are in the Word of God. And we've gotten away from that uh, because people are so offended today. Very little church discipline, even though uh, it, it is clearly taught in Scripture. Number nine, it is... Uh, it is to provide fellowship for believers. And I want to read to you what somebody, you may agree or disagree with this man. I'm not here to promote him. I don't agree with him on some of his doctrine, but I like this quote by Dr. John MacArthur. Uh, he writes this, talking about the fellowship for believers. He says, the New Testament word for fellowship is koinonia. I think I'm pronouncing it right. It means communion or fellowship, intimate communication. God designed men for fellowship. In Genesis 2.18, God says, It is not good that man should be alone. God was not made to be isolated. Man was not made to be isolated. Being alone is not the will of God. People were made for fellowship. And the church, the body of Christ, is the epitome of fellowship, a body for fellowship. The church is a fellowship. The church was never intended to be only a building, a place where lonely people walk in, listen, and walk out still alone, but a place of fellowship. Uh, and I would say that would be probably the most underrated thing. Now, that fellowship can get off and people can get their feelings hurt, but you cannot and should not be living the Christian life alone. God did not make us that way. We need fellow believers in Christ. Bruce Larson writes this, the neighborhood bar is possibly the best counterfeit there is to the fellowship that Christ wants to give his church. It's an imitation. 
dispensing liquor instead of grace, escape rather than reality. But it is a permissive, accepting, and inclusive fellowship. It is unshockable. It is democratic. You can tell people secrets, and they usually don't tell others or want to. The bar flourishes, not because most people are alcoholics, but because God has put into human heart the desire to know and be known, to love and to be loved, and so many seek a counterfeit at the price of a few beers. And, boy, that is so true. Uh, how many people go, they go, they'll people go to a bar and won't even drink to hang out, to have fellowship. Uh, that's why in America, you go to, a, you go to a Lowe's or a Home Depot or somewhere, and you'll see a big section of, of lawn equipment, uh, of, of fire pits and of chairs and porch chairs. Why is that? Uh, some folks don't have a very big yard, but you know what it is? People want to get together and fellowship. Uh, I know when we had our men's retreats, we haven't had them for a few years, the, the most enjoyable time was getting together and fellowshipping around the fire pit and talking and getting to know each other and, sh- and laughing and telling a, a joke or whatever it may be. And God made us that way, and the church ought to be the place, and you're not, your, your walk with the Lord is not the same if you're not getting that. And so it, it is provide fellowship. Number 10, and, and I, could, I could go on here. There's, there's a lot more we could talk about with fellowship. Fellowship, that's a very deep thing. It's a lot deeper than we want to give it credit for. Uh, it, we need to forgive one another, restore one another, all those things to get learning to get along is through that fellowship. Uh, it is also number 10, he writes this, and I think it's so true, and, I, and I, I'm very proud of, and I, this is one area I think most churches do pretty well at, and I think if I can, if I can toot the horn of churches in, in our great state of West Virginia, country people are good at this, I think. Uh, it's a very redeeming quality, and, and I'll just brag on them right here, and that is it is to care for its own in time of need. Now, some of that is our culture. We have a hillbilly culture. People make fun of us in our area. But when it comes down, when people are going through a hard time, uh, country people rally around each other. They love each other. They, 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 they may have a hard time speaking to you, but <laughs> they might fix you a casserole. You know, I mean, it sounds funny, but truthfully, when, when things really get tough, uh, and I'm one of them. I catch myself. You know, there may be somebody may get on my nerves or frustrate me. I may have not even talked to them for a while, but if somebody tells me they're going through a hard time, uh, some of that's in our culture. Some of that's the way we've been raised. But I also really believe it comes through that local church. There's churches up every holler in our area, and I think that's where it came from. And I hope that we keep that. And I want to commend churches that they do that. And and I just remind if you're out of church and you're listening to this today, if you've gotten this far, I just remind you. Uh, to, to look around the next time you're at a funeral service and see how many people there who are not Christians or not in church. You'll find there's very few people that reach out during really hard times of need. Uh, there's some, and I commend them, but the majority uh, are people. I, I know I was, uh, I was on staff, and my grandfather passed away. I lived about five hours from home. And our pastor and some deacons and, and another man in our, in our church drove five hours to the little church up on the hill to go to that funeral. I've never forgot it. It meant so much to me. Not very many people have done those type of things, uh, and it means so, so very much. Uh, another thing that he writes, and I, I won't get into the, into, the, into the doctrine of this. There's, there's several things here that we could look at, but it is to provoke Israel to jealousy. That's another reason for the local church. Uh, number 12, he writes, it is pre- to prepare rulers for the millennial kingdom. Romans 8, 17, 2 Timothy 2, 12. I know people disagree on eschatology, but we see that in Scripture. Uh, here's a big one I think that you've probably heard preached on. 
it is this. It is to act as a restraining and enlightening force in this present world. And I think the Bible clearly teaches that Matthew 5, 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, the book of Genesis has some verses about this. When you think about uh, the, the people of God having a restraining, some of, the, some of you that are listening that are out of church, let me say this to you. Your family and my family and your neighborhood and my neighborhood needs the church. Uh, you know, we, we sit around and say, I don't know what's happened to our kids. When, have, do you make them go to church? Uh, there's teenagers not going to the youth group. There's people not taking their kids to Sunday school. I could go on and on with this. I'm trying to be as kind as I can be. But to be honest with you, we need to get back in church. Whether there's a pandemic, you know, look, again, providentially hindered. God knows all about that. Workload, God knows all about that. But we need to be systematically uh, and methodically, uh, intentionally, in church. And then the last thing today is this. It is, it is to promote all that is good. Uh, I want to read to you what one, one little article here. It says this by Henry Thies, and He says, while the believer is to separate from all worldly alliances, he is yet to support all, uh, all causes that seek to promote the social, economic, political, and educational welfare of the community. Paul, sa- Paul says, let us work that which is good toward all men and especially toward them that are of the household of faith. Um, we have a duty toward fellow believers, and we have a duty toward the rest of the world. Uh, when we think about the church of, of, of who we are a part of, we need to be involved. We need to be invested. We need to be interested in what the church is doing. I would ask you this. Have you given to your church? Have you been involved in your church? Have you tried to help the church? I think if somebody, I've had this said to me over the years, I visited, I visited people and they'll say something like this, well, nobody from the church has come to see me. And my question always is this, well, have you been to see anybody? Now, some do, but so few people really are really being a part of the local body. They know about church, but are they a part of it? And I want to encourage you today. I don't have anybody in mind. I don't have any really any situation or anything in mind, except I saw the post and I saw the comments and I just thought to myself, it's a sad thing to think that people really view the church as something that nominal. Uh, this is just, by the way, in, in Wilmington's Guide to the Bible, I'm taking this from the doctrine of the church. And this is a whole section in uh, his theology section in this book. This book is a massive book, very thick, very big book. I'm, I'm on page 697. I think this book is almost 1,000 pages long. Uh, counting the glossary and things. And, and so there's a lot to this. Uh, I'm just scratching the surface. All I'm doing today is whenever you see these Facebook posts or these social media blogs that really malign the church or tell some horrible story, and again, I'm not making light of the story. In fact, I, I, I'm one of those preachers. I believe you ought to expose everything that's sinful, get some of this wickedness mess out of the church, this man worship and lifting up men on a pedestal instead of worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll get no disagreement from me. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm for the Lord above everybody else. I, I'll step away and step aside if, it's, if I'm causing it. It's ridiculous. But that does not mean that we can get a pass on being a part of the church that the Lord purchased with his own blood. I want to encourage you today. Think about these things. Think about getting back into church. Think about what you're missing. And think about the great things that the Lord wants to do in your life through and by a local church. Get involved get invested, get interested at the very least, and let's serve God together. Find you a church in your area. Find you a church somewhere. Somebody told me the other day, they, they were, uh, they, I forget the, 
uh, it was Pennsylvania, I believe it was, the state of Pennsylvania. And uh, they said their family member lived there and they were out of church. I said, man, there's, there's some great churches there. There are some great churches all over the place. I hope that folks will get back in and get involved and get invested and see what God can do through the local church. Our time is going to go today right there. We're going to call, we're going to call it quits on this podcast. I hope that this will be a help to you and a blessing. I hope that you'll reach out to us, like, call, share, whatever it is you do, uh, do it. And we'd love to hear from you. Lord, I pray we, as we close today that you bless. Lord, I pray you'd help us to have the right attitude, relationship, and outlook with the local church. We thank you and praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen.